0: Hello and welcome to Cardscast, a football podcast all about Woking Football Club. Through this podcast you'll hear roundtable discussions, match previews and reviews, interviews as well as us sharing our favourite memories of players, matches and seasons from the past. My name is Glenn Harrington and I'm joined as ever by Jacob Greenwood to talk all about the latest goings on at the club. But before we get into it, remember to like, share and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Acast or wherever you get your podcasts from. So Jacob, it's been a mixed Christmas and New Year for the cards. What have you made of it?
1: Yeah, it's been it's been a while since we've spoken. Um, yeah, some ups, some downs, I guess. But um, you know, we obviously first podcast of twenty twenty two, and um, feels like there's been a bit of a, a refresh off of the pitch as well, um, and, and a little bit of momentum that, that came in after uh, after getting um, a win. Against Wildstone last week, um, which is nice, uh, and hopefully we can uh, we can kick on from here. So uh, obviously, I know we're going to dissect it bit by bit, but it's uh, yeah, some highs, some lows, mixed bag. But overall, I think I feel like we're in a better place than we were last time we spoke. I don't think there was much um, many positives that, that that came out of that. So uh, yeah, here's to here's to a better 2022, I guess.
0: Indeed, um, but before we uh, get into the Detail of the games. I guess we must break or, or deal with the the breaking news. Um, the stuff or earlier today, um, which is obviously Tarvon Campbell's departure to Rochdale. Um, what did you make of of that move? Um, I guess not not particularly surprising to see him go.
1: No, I, I, I don't think so. I think, um, yeah, I think you know the, the the form he's on. Um, you know, the the goals he scored and, you know, just looking at some of the little bits and pieces he he does on the pitch, you can see why A, teams would come down and have a look at him and B, then be like, you know what, you're you're worth a chance. I think the the most surprising thing about it all is maybe the fee. We don't know the fee. Uh, David Richardson, I'll call him friend of the show as we had him on once, I think our very first episode. Uh, So so we'll call him that, but saying it was obviously, you know, six figures and, and I think that's a good deal. I think anything less than that I maybe don't think it would have been worth taking the taking the punt of selling him. I'm, I'm not too sure. Obviously, I don't know the finances. But, yeah, I think if it, if it had been much less than that, I don't think that would have been a point. But, you know, I think we, we all come off as winners in it. I think Rochdale have got themselves, a, you know, a really decent, you know, still pretty young player who's who's been in, in red-hot form. Uh, you know, he's got to move, you know, back to the Football League. Um, and as you... I was, everyone will remember in the summer, he was kind of trialling for us. You know, we didn't sign him as a big marquee signing. he was trialling for us. I remember kind of watching him at, at Shearwater and, you know, he earned his contract and then, you know, he's, he's, he's really worked hard and he's got that move back to the Football League, which is great for him. Um, and, you know, in, in terms of the club, obviously they've, you know, got the money. As I say, six figures is, is really big for a club like us. Obviously we've got to spend it, you know, correctly. But also I think these things as well, you know, people don't want to see us as a selling club um, and I get that and and now we've you know everyone wants to have more ambition but I do think it probably does help us recruit in the long run you know if you're saying to players who are uh, late teens early 20s mid 20s come here you know maybe you'll sign a a two-year deal but you know if you completely smash it you know and a club comes in and offers the right money you know we're not going to stand in your way we're not going to um, you know almost do what very different situation. But what you know Spurs did with Harry Kane or something and go, nope, we're just going to let make you stay here and you know you're going to work for us. Um, you know, I think players might look at that and be like, wow, you know, Woken's a club where, you know, you can go there, get the chance to shine. And um, if things work out, you, you do move on. That might change in coming years if if we, you know, really are going for promotion. But I think in this situation, talking about Campbell, you know, everybody wins. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, we, we all leave with, with some great memories. Watching the highlights reel of him and some of his goals kind of made me think, wow, that's a, a really good player. So um, I'm sure it'll be a loss, but it would be interesting to see what we do going forwards.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, first of all, it's, you know, I, I, I don't know if anyone has been saying that, um, you know, we, we, we can't give ourselves the reputation of being a selling club. But, you know, ultimately, uh, outside of the top four or five clubs in the country everyone is a selling club and you know if he has a good six to 12 months at Rochdale then there'll be a championship club coming in for him so um you know and the difference between us and you know the hurricane situation obviously night and day but you know we're not at the luxury of being able to have our best players on four or five year contracts where we can just say you know you know what we're not going to sell you get over it and start doing what we pay you to do um, so, you know, I, I think I'd just like to take this opportunity. Um, and it's nice to be able to say this because I feel like I've been very negative on some of these podcasts recently. Um, but I want to praise the club really all round for how they've handled start to finish the Campbell situation, because I think they deserve credit initially for identifying the player, signing the player in the summer. You know, Douse gets a lot of flack for his uh, limited contact book. The fact that he always signs, you know, players that he's known in the past, or players from particular clubs that he's got a good relationship from. Um, you know, I know Campbell has has been around the sort of lower reaches of the football league and has played in the conference and things, but he, you know, wasn't a name that I I think was particularly familiar to any of us when we picked him up in the summer. So, you know, a, a well done both to Dallas and to the the recruitment team for for finding him and for signing him. Um, I also think that that Douse Ian the management team deserve credit for playing him and utilising him as a striker from very very early on. You know, I, I can't admit to have watching uh, much of Tavon Campbell if any before he came to Woking, but from all the kind of background reading and things that I did in the summer, very much came across that he was he was traditionally utilised as a winger, but you know we've played him through the middle as part of a front two usually with 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 any and that's been very effective um the fact i think that we went out of our way obviously to try and keep him based on the statement that we released on the website earlier today you know we we offered him a a new contract we offered to to make him the top earner at the club it it wasn't a you know immediate yet right bids come in off you go um, and the fact that, you know, they saw, saw the saw sense really, I guess, that they were fighting a losing battle and went, you know, he's got four months left on his contract. He's not going to want to stay. Let's sell him. Um, and to get six figures for a player that's only got a couple of months left on the contract that we signed for nothing in the summer, um, you know, is, is, is a, big, a big deal for the club. Um, it's not often that we sell players for that sort of money. So to, to manage that, having started from a, a trial list effectively only a few months ago is is a big success around um and then finally just wanted to say that I appreciated the um the article that was put on the website earlier today the context that was given um, and it just it made me think maybe we've learnt from the the Maguire-Drew debacle from earlier in the season obviously two very different situations two different very different players that will re- be remembered very differently for their time at Woking and how they left Woking. Um, but it, it it just made me think that the whole situation from start to finish was was handled a lot more professionally. Um, and as you, you, you kind of referenced, hopefully, um, it helps kind of build our reputation as a club that is capable of developing players, um, players that, you know, might have had hit a bit of a block in their career or had an indifferent run of form. And, you know, showing that if you come and have... Six good months with us, or a good year with us, you can get that move back to where you want to be. So, success all round for me.
1: Yeah, exactly. You're right. In you know, in previous, and obviously, there's players that have moved on from from Woking and gone to to bigger and better things. But um, you know, sometimes we haven't got the price for them, or the deal hasn't worked out, or they've gone for free, or you know, there's there's kind of always been ways. But I think this way it's kind of worked out, as you say, that the club have handled it well and. Um yeah, I think, I think John Katz and Dowse took him out for dinner at the Gary Baldy or somewhere, I think, in So I mean, if that doesn't make him stay, nothing will, I guess. So, um, you know, as you say, it's good to see that. And, yeah, whatever budget we have ring-fenced for next season, um, obviously we have no idea what that would have been. But um, it was my understanding that it was we were kind of going to be building that as, as we went through this kind of project, um, you know, whatever that budget is. Uh, You know, that may now be significantly increased, but certainly increased, um, I think, thanks to this, um, as I don't think we're going to kind of reinvest all of the money straight away. So, um, again, that that'll probably be another positive going towards next season when we're going to have a bit more money in the the bank, which will be, um, yeah, hopefully... You know, there's some exciting players that can come in off the back of that because it's not every day we get to sell a player and get the money and get the option to do that. It's um, kind of the opposite of probably wheeling and dealing where we're trying to get players on frees or loans or whatever. You know, it gives us a bit more ability to go out and, and, and do something. So, uh, yeah, it sh- should be exciting.
0: So I think we're, we're definitely agreed, you know, the, the, the best move from the, the club all around. But um, just keen to, to dig a bit more into, you know, Campbell the player I guess and you know I don't want this next part to come off as as bitter at all because you know undoubtedly he's been a great player for us but I guess I'm I'm just curious to to know as someone that's watched him a little bit more how good you think he is or was um, you know I've seen people saying online today that he's the best player we've had for years Um, but if you look at his record you know pretty indifferent before coming to us I think it's It's 10, 11 goals in like 150 career games. And he's leaving us without having scored a league goal for two months. All right. He's playing for a team that's in dire form. But eight of the 14 goals that he scored this season came in the first seven games. Um, Are are you surprised that a League Two club has, has given him a two and a half year deal based on, you know, 10 good games, maybe? Or am I just being really harsh?
1: Potentially. I I, I they, I mean, they've definitely taken a punt on him, but I think you have to. And I think if you look at the way Peterborough have done their business in, in well, not even recent years, they've been doing it for, for quite a while now, but, you know, they'll bring those players in from non-league, you know, a bit of a chance. Yeah, they've got to pay a little bit of money. But um, from what I gather, I think Watchtower had sold a player. I think they had come across a little bit of money and wanted to reinvest it, I think, in, you know, in someone. And yeah, I think if you look at, at, at you know, the National League, Despite the time of the goals, I think he's the third top goal scorer in the league when he left. And, you know, there's some really big names, you know, in that list. And and he's above, you know, some of the big ones, uh, Mullin being one of those, Uh, Paddy Madden being another one. I know they might not have played as many games or whatever, but, you know, remove those those caveats and, um, you know, a a decent player. But, yeah, I think it is a strange one, I think, in as much as um, he's not even just, you know, the recent form, but... I think the fact he's played in other clubs and, and not scored that many goals, not done that well, as you said, he's probably been played out of position and we found the right position for him. So it'd be interesting to see how he's used at at Rochdale. But yeah, probably a bit of a punt from them. But, um, you know, the, the, the money involved, I think, makes it a little bit more uh, interesting, I think, in a sense, because um, it's not really a punt if you're spending... Six figures, I don't think. Well, who knows? I mean, you see the kind of money Rexman teams like that Chesterfield throw around. I like, I don't know how much that is to teams like Rochdale, but it still seems like a significant sign in. But I think for someone, yeah, third in the in the goal scorer charts in, in the conference with some, you know, above some some really decent names that have cost them a lot more than that. And uh, you know, young player, mid-20s, he's not on on the decline yet. Um so, yeah, he's, he's still got more to achieve. So it's definitely a, a little bit of a pump from them, but, you know, they've, they've paid a lot for it, so they must really believe in him. And I'm sure, you know, clubs like that have been watching him for a while. So, um, yeah, I, I guess we'll see. Um, but as, as you say, I think maybe that softens the blow a little bit. I think if, if for example, as you said, that kind of run of form he had when we were good and he was good all at the same time, I think if he would, he would have left, obviously he wouldn't have left bang in the middle of that because... It was earlier in the season. But if that form was now and we were just going on a great run and he was scoring every week and driving us to victory and then he left, I think there would be a lot more kind of people that were unhappy with it and saying this is really, we really need to replace him like immediately. Um, But as you say, because he's kind of dropped off a little bit with his goal scoring at least. Um, you know, that's not the case. But actually, I know we were um, both at the game on on Saturday against Wildstone. But, you know, even that, I um, I know there's probably a lot of Jack Cook fans uh, listening to the podcast, but uh, Mm. the move in the first half where he kind of shuffled around like two or three of their players um, and then only got denied, put in at the near post by a good save from from the Wildstone goalkeeper. I just think the quality and, and the balance he had and the movement and the skill, just little things like that, like you don't see it at Kingfield. That often um granted he didn't even score that opportunity, but he did really well there, and you know a lot of players at this level wouldn't even attempt that, let alone you know go and do it um and it's it's moments like that that I think it fans exciting, and you think yeah that there is something there to be fair, but it'd be interesting to see how he shapes up against uh you know a lot better defenders because um you know I'm sure um the defenders in that league are probably a little bit better than you know your jack cooks and stuff, but you know we'll have to we'll have to wait and see, I guess, but if we reinvest um you know, wisely, I I don't think people will look back and, and really rue it if we really are on our way forwards. Obviously, the problem, as people will always mention with F Young and, and Joe Ward back in the day, um, is obviously we let them go. I don't think we got great deals there in terms of the price paid and the form of the payment. I seem to remember, although I don't know if it was ever fully confirmed, that the ward payment was in like in a mad number of instalments. And we never I think actually think they're probably
0: still paying for it, aren't they?
1: Yeah, it's literally like the biggest like um you know is it mad it's like like one of those uh payment things you can get these days like uh you know, it's, it's well, a mortgage know, exactly. out on him, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like where, you know, it's, oh, do you want to pay like 50 instalments? And it's like, but even that, I think, even when it's all paid, it was only about 60 grand, 65 grand. I seem to remember it kind of being, so already you're kind of probably getting double what you did for him, so it's a better deal. But obviously the problem that season was he, he didn't get replaced, neither did F.E.L. and And then we always look back at that and go, wow, they were so good because nothing really came after them. And it'd be interesting to see Albeit, as we mentioned earlier, I don't know if anyone's going to come in mid-season. I doubt they will. But then, if we can get someone in the summer, you know, um, you know, who's a who's a decent player, um, you know, I think the fans will will um, not forget about him. But we'll not look at it and be like, wow, that was a massive moment, and we were significantly worse off afterwards. So really, it's up to the club, I guess to um to get that bit of it right. And if we are really going on a journey to hopefully get promoted within a few years or at least challenge for that, um, I think that's got to be part of the plan. So hopefully he's one of many exciting players to come through. And you know, he was he was a good asset, you know, financially and on the pitch as well. And you mentioned Maguire Drew earlier, the fact that he was just kind of allowed to up sticks and leave was annoying, right? Because now he's gone to another club in our league, banging in the goals or, or whatever, playing well. And, you know, you look at that and you think, well, he was probably worth, you know, although I'm not sure anyone would have bothered paying it, he was probably worth a little bit of money as well. And we didn't get it. We just kind of let him walk out the door. Um, But if you think about it, you, you know, we signed him in the summer. You know that was it. ambition, intent, whatever. We got Campbell; he did well. So there is good players coming through. So just hopefully that cycle continues, and you know we don't we don't you know sign sign players now that, that take us backwards. And it it is invested so that we can we can push on. Then, as I say, I don't think people will look back and say, "Wow, that was a a massive loss to us." It would just be you know it's just part of the process of us kind of building a, a stronger team year on year.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, you obviously mentioned the the Joe Ward situation, so that's going to be my. My next point, actually, you know, very obvious parallels to draw between, you know, key player in the first half of the season, um, you know, leaving in January, form deteriorating of the team continues to worsen after after he leaves because he's not adequately replaced. Um, you know, and I, I, I want to temper any uh, possible criticism that could have uh, could have been interpreted from from my question earlier question about Campbell and the fact that. Um, I think I was amongst those that sort of went, I don't think Joe Ward's that much of a loss. And, you know, he's obviously gone on to play sort of 100, 150 games at League One Championship level. So um, naturally, I hope that, uh, that Tavon Campbell goes on to do Great things at Rochdale and beyond because that ultimately, um, you know, it only makes the the club look good, Um, and it's it's always nice to see former players going on and succeeding at a higher level. So I'm sure, um, like me, all Woking fans will will wish him the best as as he moves on. Um, But on the the kind of the Ward situation and, and how we move on from Campbell. Um, do you think it will be a case of looking to immediately reinvest that money, kind of learning from lessons of the past? Or do you think, you know, with Kabamba having come in on loan, with um, George Oakley kind of on the way back from injury, that actually they'll go, we've got enough up front. Um, you know, we'll we'll stick with what we've got until the summer.
1: Yeah, you're right. I think, I think now, I mean, the current situation we find ourselves in on the end of January 2022 is we're not going to get the playoffs this season we're not even really going to push for it i think the the aim is probably getting mid table getting some good results you know what whatever i don't think we're going to get relegated although that's never a given as you mentioned that that limbrick season earlier um, you know, that's just flashbacks of that. And that's why people, I think, get a little bit worried sometimes, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think if that ever looked like it was going to happen, we could invest the money. But I think because of that, there's nothing really on the table at the moment that I think we should go out there and, and rush to spend it. The only, the only way that I could see us spending it now is if something happens, when we brought Jamal Loza this time last year and we got him on an 18 month deal. Cause we're like, well, you know, we want you for the rest of this season, but we also want you next season. And we think if we buy you now, um, we've kind of got you already rather than going into the summer and going into a market where he's a free agent or, or whatever and, and doing that thing. So, yeah, I think if that was the case, then you could go out there and get someone. But, you know, if that's, if you had someone in mind that that we really wanted and we thought we could get them and we might not be able to in the summer, then go for it. But I think just for the pure fact that there's nothing to read. Really, I know I don't want to say that in January, right. There's nothing to play for, but there isn't really, um, you know, at the moment anyway, the way things are looking, you know, we want to have a good second half of the season and push on and, you know, finish mid table and, and get some good results. But yeah, I, I don't think that's going to happen. And as you say, kind of some of those players coming in, Cabanda, the, the important thing about that as well is he's here till the end of the season as well, which, you know, it's always worth checking the fine print um, when it comes to those loans. Cause sometimes you're like, great, we've got a player. And then you look at the thing it's like, oh, they're here for, Three four weeks, and um, you get a couple of games out of them, and, and they disappear again. But he's here till the end of the season, um, and you never know if we get to the end of the season and, and he enjoys it here and he does well for us. You know, maybe then we've got the money to go and put in a bid for someone like that. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but um, that's then an option. That's the ballpark we're playing in if we save that money um, and use it wisely. So um, I think the only interesting thing about that kind of thought process is that if we went on another run. Uh, where we lost, I can't even remember what the run ended up being in the end, kind of before we got the draw at Aldershot, I guess. But the the run of losses before that was crazy. So if we went on another run like that, as of now, um, then I think that money might be invested, but as like a panic. like Because I don't think, you know, th- there's only three relegation spots this season instead of four. Dover are already relegated, basically. It's all but over for them. So you've got two relegation spots. And I think this season you've got some really, really poor teams down the bottom of the league. So I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think, you know, Weymouth or, or Kingsland are going to make much ground on us. But um, at the same time, if we go, as we say, I don't know what that run was, eight, nine, ten games without a win. And actually, I think most of them were losses or all of them were losses, then, you know, you might see that money kind of get invested a bit more quickly if we think we really start to panic. But I don't really see it getting to that stage.
0: I don't think it was as quite as bad as you remember. Um, there was two, <laughs> two, two runs of four straight defeats um, and it was three wins in... Uh, uh, four, eight, th- three, three wins in thirteen. I think in total.
1: Yeah, the- there were no draws in that, there were there. So, so you guess you're saying ten losses and, and three wins. Yeah. So yeah, although the, the, yeah, so yeah, I did say uh, whatever. So, but yeah, you're right. But it because there were no draws in there. I guess. But if you went on that, a similar kind of thing, you know, I don't think it would make much of a difference now because I think if you got those three wins right, if we got three wins now, I think we're basically safe. Bec- just because oh, yeah, the- I was,
0: oh, was going to say, you know, I think we in, in the Limerick season we went down with. Forty-eight points, didn't we? You know, the, the survival target this season is going to be thirty-five. If that, like, you yeah, know, we're yes. we're almost there realistically. But I guess the thing is that, you know, if this is the the first year of the 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 grand three-year plan, you don't want to roll into year two off the back of a you know a similar end to the season to what we saw last season, where everything is visibly winding down. Players uh, know they're on the way out. Um, you know, we're we're turning up and getting rolled over every week because we've got quite a tough end to the season as well. And I think that's my fear, is that we finish the season with, you know, a similar run to what we've been on before Christmas and it all ends under a bit of a cloud. And, you know, it's not the way to attract your better players to stay. It's not the way to, you know, attract new players coming in. It it kind of feels like you go back to square one again, even if you've got a bit of money behind you, because ultimately... You know, while our budget has made us competitive, it's nothing special at this season uh, in this in this league anymore. We're not going to, you know, be able to go out and and outbid that many teams for players. So we, I think, you know, like saying while while the playoffs is is certainly beyond us, we we don't want to to just accept mediocrity for the rest of the season. And we've got to try and finish as strong as we can.
1: Yeah, and and there's off off the field off the field considerations as well. I think in the lead up to Christmas kind of a, a, towards the end of that run. And I know it's Christmas and people don't have the money and blah, blah, all of this, there's caveats, right? But the the noticeably, the attendance started to plummet um, from where they had been when we'd done loads of good work to get new people in, watching the team, blah, blah, blah. And they just dropped off of a cliff because people got bored of turning up and watching us lose every week, right? In the second half of the season, you know, the crowd yesterday was really good, over two and a half thousand. Wildstone bring didn't bring many. So, you know, the large majority of those are in, in the home section. So really good to see stuff like that. But again, if you go on one of those runs and then you start trying to flog season tickets or trying to get people to come back, like it's just it's going to be harder. I think the same with sponsors and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, yeah, same with players as well. Because I think you're right, people look at you and go, well, you know, if you're trying to sign those good players, you can have all the money in the world. But if you're trying to sign a player with the money that we got for Campbell, and we've just finished 19th, <laughs> it's hard, right? Because then they're like, well, why would I want to move to Woke? It's like, well, you know, we're going to be great. And so, like, well, you weren't last season, you know, and, and we saw you kind of getting rolled over, as you say, kind of quite often. So, you know, that that can happen as well. So, yeah, to, to maintain the, the feel-good factor, you know, you, you want to have that there. So, yeah, it'd be interesting. It will be interesting um, just to see if we do feel the need to put it. And also there might be injuries, right? I know Max went off the other night, for example. But so, you know, if Max was actually injured for you know, six, eight weeks or something, We, I think we would almost have to go and get someone maybe because although there are other players that are, can go into that position, I don't think they can add the goals he was getting. And if you take Max's goals out of it and Campbell's goals out of it, it's like, where are they coming from? They might be coming from Cabamba and that would be brilliant, right? Because then we've solved that problem already. But if they don't or he picks up a knock as well or, or whatever, or Oakley doesn't come back as, you know, maybe as quickly as he planned or when he does, he's he's not up to the pace. It's going to be hard for him to be up to the pace immediately after such a big injury. So um, there's a few of those things just to see, well, You know, I think bank it and then if something happens, then you can dip in there and and use it if you need to. But you're right. I don't think it should be like last season. And it won't be where we kind of pull the drawbridge up and go, right, that's it. (laughs) We're just now going to just like get through the season and we don't care. (laughs) We're not going to go down. So it's like not a thing. You're right. It won't happen like that this season. But uh, also we can't allow that to happen and and we've got to be on the front foot. Honestly, I think, though, you know, I don't know how much the the fee was right but so so say so it's six figures so if you said it was 150,000 say for example you know you could go out there and you could spend you know 25k maybe on like a, someone that's doing really well in the conference south or i don't know some kind of player like you could do that, and it, you know, you might be able to like, well, we brought one player in with it. Maybe it would be naive to just sign nobody whatsoever and go, no, you're not getting anything till the summer. Um, that might be a bad look for the club. I, I don't know, I, I personally don't think it would be, but because Kabamba's coming right, so you, you might not need it, but I don't know. I was gonna
0: say, I mean, I when when I heard obviously that you know we were signing um, a defender and a striker sort of this time last week, and I kind of went, hmm striker and Oakley's you know supposedly going to be back for the sorry senior cup game at the start of next month we ain't gonna have five strikers in our squad I know we play sort of three three five two or five three two depending on which way you look at it but we don't need five strikers for two positions uh Cabamba is and was always going to be Campbell's replacement I think um and and just to to bring it back to what you were saying there about Max I I would agree that if we were going to Invest anything in the short term. I think it it probably needs to be midfield at this point because obviously, you know, Ince has has been great this season. Solomon has been great in parts this season, Um, and and Max has has done done brilliantly as well this season as well. It should be said. But beyond those three, um, who you're relying to play week in, week out, and you know, there's a lot of a lot of uh, fixtures coming up. You know, where we're going to be playing twice a week, um, and the backup for that that first-choice midfield three at the moment is is Jermaine Anderson, who's who's already out injured for I think the second time since he arrived, kind of only just before Christmas, and and doesn't you know look like he's quite hit the form that he's he's capable of yet. Um, and and Taron Alarakiya, who doesn't doesn't really seem to fancy. I know he's he's started the last couple of games, but that that kind of feels like it's been more through necessity than, than because he actually necessarily really wants him there I, I don't I don't get the sense that he's playing in his strongest position um, possibly he's he's more suited to playing in kind of max's role in the number of 10 and and you know you're not going to displace max from the team with the form that he's been in he's, he's kind of been playing sort of an eight alongside Ince um, against Wildston and Bromley and you know I thought I thought he did okay against Wildston um, showed a couple of nice nice flashes and things but you know, if that's your, if that's your only other option, it does feel like we're a little bit thin on the ground there. And I know there's, you know, a couple of the defenders, um, champion, honestly, even Casey that have, have played in midfield in the past. But, you know, if we're, if we're getting down to playing players that, that aren't playing well enough to play in their first choice position in midfield, just get through the rest of the season, then it's starting to feel like deja vu and last year all over again. So, um, yeah, I'd be I'd be watching Max's injury situation very closely because I know Dow said in his interview after the game that he's you know had a, a kind of ongoing niggle with his hamstring, uh, and maybe you know he just needs a bit of a breather for a few weeks. And you look even if it's just bringing someone in on loan really to provide a bit of cover and a bit more quality. Um, and if you need to. to pay some wages or a little loan fee or something to, to do that, then maybe it's worth it. But yeah, I think I agree that I, I would hope that the, the majority of it will be kind of invested in next season's squad rather than spent straight away. And, and, you know, any sort of panic buy or teams taking advantage of us when they know that we've got a bit of money burning a hole in our pocket, um, best to, to kind of use it to hopefully build a, a squad for next season, hopefully by by getting Kabamba in early, um, you know, we've already helped mitigate one of those potential problems.
1: Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Proactively sorting it before before we let him go. So we made sure we got the right price. We made sure that we had someone to come in and, and do that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, funnily enough, actually, George Tarrant, uh, <laughs> listener of the podcast, I assume, did actually tweet us this very question literally 60 seconds ago as you were giving your answer um, about whether we should invest it now or, or we should wait because there's a wider plan so there we go we, we, we've covered it but actually also the alarm bells start to ring for me although the the bells of joy starts ring for you when collier starts getting named on the bench and i'm like oh, this this squad's actually not as deep as i thought it was oh no what's going to happen but you know it, it's it's fine and there's a couple of players out and they'll come back but you think oh maybe we could do one or two but as you say we'll see there's options
0: yeah, and, you know, you have to be realistic as well and say, you know, mid-season, are you going to go out and get someone that's that's better than than Kabamba as a as a kind of short-term replacement? You know, he's obviously got a, a, a mixed record. He's been at a lot of different clubs in his career, but Douse knows him from Hampton where he had a lot of success for a couple of years. He's played in the, the Scottish Prem for Kilmarnock. He's been playing in League Two. Um, so it, it feels like, uh, you know, it's not a, a Louis Theopanis kind of style signing. We, we've got a, a quality player who will hopefully bridge the gap, even if it's a, only ever going to be a short-term solution.
1: Do you think, just actually thinking back to that, do you think we were just unlucky? That's so, There's a lot that went wrong in, the, in that Lindbergh season, but, but Theopithantis, his goal record before he joined us was like stupid, but he'd never played at this level. So it was a it was a, bit, it was a risk and it didn't pay off. And then you've got Lathrop who... Could have been good, but obviously had that horror injury, what, like a month after joining? Like, it was so I soon. Think it was about joining. his fourth game, yeah. Yeah, crazy. So, I guess some of that was bad luck, but then, you know, other elements to it. Johnny Edwards coming in. Anthony um, Cook. Yeah, 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 he came in. As a, so, yeah, you look it's at... It's like a role that, of honour,
0: isn't it? All these great memories that you try to suppress.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, you know, yeah, sometimes I guess you think, well, maybe if we would, you know, but I don't think... You know, I think even if Lath- Lathrop, yeah, Theropansy was was a gamble and it didn't work. Uh, so probably, yeah, I can see why he got signed, but the rest were, yeah, were terrible. I think Lathrop was was a good player, but you know, it just never happened because of that. And a lot of the money went on on his transfer, and that's just what happens sometimes. But uh, yeah, it's not going to go as badly as that anyway. Whatever we do, so um, so yeah, we'll we'll be fine.
0: Oh, and on that note, um, so games, uh, since since we last spoke, for us to, to kind of quickly reflect back on, um, we had the 3-1 defeat to, to Yeovil in the FA Trophy, um, the away draw at Aldershot, the 3-2 home win over Dover, uh, the 3-2 home defeat to Aldershot, um, the 2-0 win at home to Wildston, um, and then the 1-0 loss on Tuesday evening at Bromley. So... You know, two, two wins, a draw and two defeats in the league. Um, a disappointment in the FA Trophy. A, a mixed bag all round, I guess. But um, what kind of would you you pick out from that list?
1: Yeah, I think when we were talking before, um, just well, it must have been just before the Oval game, I guess the last time that, that we would have done one of these, we were talking about it felt like we needed a spark or something to happen. And... Um, it felt like we got that a little bit in the, in the auto-shock game, maybe the late penalty. Um, you know, kind of did feel like that was like a, a moment where you could be like, OK, and, um, you know, then to get the win over Dover, we made really hard work of it. But, you know, they did they did beat Eastley this week. Um, Granted, Eastley sacked their manager immediately after that uh, out of embarrassment. So, you know, that, that, that nobody should be losing to them, right? But uh, but you can, you know, you can. And, and obviously they got a couple of goals that, you know, whatever, but we gave them away. but. You know, we, we did win the game, and you know, okay, we lost the shot game, but um, you know, and, and as painful as that always is, it you know there the, was the, you know so there were positives to take out of it anyway. I think you know once you get over the disappointment of that, and I know that um, you know there was a there's a lot of people that I talked to that hadn't been to Woking in in you know a few months or maybe at all this season that said they really enjoyed you know the football and, and that you know it was actually <laughs> quite a good game compared to some of the ones we played against them before, and obviously we were you know, a a few moments of madness away from getting something out of the game. So, you know, that happens. But, you know, the the break as well before Wildstone, I think, kind of helped us a little bit. Obviously, we got those signings in and it felt like a bit of a fresh start and, um, you know, that that was a good win as well, especially with a a clean sheet. So, yeah, I think that the Wildstone game... You know, you don't want to say, well, that's the biggest win, you know, a win against a team that are down there. But, you know, it's before we've, you know, we've struggled against teams that are down there sometimes. And, and that's not just in this league. We've done it in the Conference South as well. We've played teams that we should easily beat at home and and we don't. We make a meal out of it. So it was good to see, I think, you know, that performance after having a couple of weeks off, after a busy Christmas period and said, look, it's now in the second half of the season. We've got a couple of players in. We go again from here. And, um, and we did and we, we kind of we dominated that game and we played some good football and um it just kind of felt like a, f- a fresh start um you know even in the interviews kind of now seems like back to himself a little bit which i think was really good um you know it was kind of a real positive to, to make it feel like he felt it' was a fresh start and I'm you know I'm sure that passes over to the dressing room as well so um yeah granted we we, we followed that up with a loss away at Bromley but you know there, there's no real shame in that and um I think pre christmas that Bromley game, we would have gone on to lose 3-0 with stupid goals where we just it just all fell apart. Whereas this this game, you know, granted we don't we didn't have many like clear chances. Um, but you know, there were opportunities for us to get back in the game. Because if you're only losing one nil, right up until the 90, however many minutes, you're just one ball away or one shot away or one mistake away from from getting an equalizer. But when you're getting three goals put past you every game it's not going to happen and um you know as as douse has been saying you're then gonna have to score four goals to win a game or like we did against dover um you know have to score three and that's not going to happen every week so i think that's the thing i think certainly kind of post christmas it's it was nice to have a little break i think for the team and the fans and everyone just to reset and go look we're halfway this is where we're at what do we want in the second half of the season here's a couple of new players you know let's go again so um yeah, I think that that was the... But it felt like there was a turning point somewhere within the Christmas period. It felt like we kind of turned the corner a little bit and um, kind of broke away from from that string of defeats leading up to Christmas. So, um, you know, although we will only be judged by what happens next if we go on to, to lose our next few games and, you know, we might be back there. But, you know, for now, anyway, it, it does kind of seem that everyone's kind of got back on track with it and there's, um, you know... Kind of maybe a bit more realistic as well about where what we're going to try and do this season and uh and, and you know reset their expectations. But as I say, even with the crowd figures, you can see it as well. Um, you know, to over two and a half thousand homes of Wildstone really, really good showing. So yeah, maybe maybe a lot of people think it's a fresh start and uh hopefully we can we can kick on and um. Yeah, get, play some good football, get some good results, as we say. We're not probably going to go anywhere with it. But, you know, we, you want to see winning football. You want to see interesting games. Um, and uh, and that can happen. So, you know, fingers crossed it does, I guess.
0: Yeah, I think I'd concur with a lot of that. I think there's definitely been a, a notable reaction. Um, so, I think heading into that Yeovil game, we'd lost three league matches in a row. Um, you know, obviously, yeah. The FA trophy is, is the FA trophy, but it, it holds a, a special place in the heart for a lot of Woking fans. We obviously were very close last season and you know could could easily have, have gone on to make the final or, or to win it. Um but but it wasn't to be. So yeah, everyone loves a, a good run in, in the trophy. And I think the manner of the, the defeat to Yeovil um leading for as long as we did and then conceding not just one late goal, but three late goals to to lose. Comfortably in the end, really, um, it, it felt like that was our real lowest point. Um, and you know, with the the two order shot games to come, um, Dover and Wiltshire as well, who were down at the bottom, I think it it could very easily have have got away from from Dows at that point. You know, the the fan sort of backlash after that Yeovil game was was as kind of as bad as I've ever seen it. And, and you know, we spoke on the podcast last time ahead of that Yeovil game. And I think we were both kind of equally down in the dumps about about where the, the team was, um, sort of how, how the kind of the future looked. And we spoke at length about how we needed to see something over that Christmas period to show us that there was kind of a light at the end of the tunnel. And, and you know, I would concur that while it was obviously very disappointing to for, for the old shot game in particular to, to slip away in the manner that it did, um, you know, the fact that we were this this sounds almost like a patronizing compliment, but the fact that we were actually competitive and easily should have taken four, if not six points from those two games is just such a stark contrast to where we've been in recent years. You know, the the thrashing at Sutton stands out from a couple of years ago, the the two defeats against Aldershot last year where we we just weren't really in either game. And I know that the, the home game was only one nil, but it, it, it just felt like it was a matter of time really. So the fact that you know it was a, a much, much better effort, even if the, the results didn't go our way, um, was it was an encouragement. And then as you say, I think the, the break between the Aldershot and Wildstone game has really helped. It's it's allowed some of the um sort of more vocal Supporters to 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 calm down and to sort of take take a, a kind of broader look at kind of where we are in the the picture of, of where we stand, um, and I I I'd count myself amongst that number, I and mean, we'll we'll talk about Dow specifically in a minute. But I know my kind of views have have mellowed a little bit, let's say, since um, we spoke last time. Um, I'm I'm still very much on the fence about kind of what his long term future is, but I think. Undoubtedly, that performance against Wildstone, um was from a team that that was still wanting to play for the manager. Um, it didn't look like they'd you know down tools and and given up on on what he's trying to do, which was encouraging to see. Um, and and I liked a lot of the a lot of elements of what of what I saw against Wildstone. um and you know going into the Bromley game. Um, they're obviously a very very good team who are going to be right up there at the top end of the, the league this season um, and to lose 1-0 away on a 4G pitch on a, on a Tuesday night to a, a bit of a freak goal which was you know all that separated us ultimately um, again you're within your rights to be disappointed within that result. Of course you are, but it shows that I think we're we're back to, to being competitive again at, at the very least. Whereas there was a, a run of games, I think, in kind of November, December time where it, it was almost predictable that it was going to be sort of 2-0 and we weren't really going to threaten and it was all going to be very easy for the opposition. Um, so it, it feels like we're making small strides, at least in the right direction. Um, so, uh, what do you, uh, what do you make of kind of Douse's um, sort of short, medium and long term future?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that, that if, you know, if, if something was going to change, if the club were going to make a change, I think they would have made it, you know, early Early December, uh, I think there were there are a lot of winnable games over the over the Christmas period based on the teams we played and their positioning. Obviously, the Kings game got postponed, so that got taken out of there. But that was another winnable game. So, uh, yeah, my 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 thought in early December, kind of at the end of that run, was that if we did change managers and, and change things up, we could then probably go on a run and and secure you know nine, twelve points, whatever over Christmas and. Um, you know that 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 was realistic. I, I think it. I think it was. But obviously, you know, the, the club came out, and you know, the noises had, had, were quite coordinated. And you know, and there was obviously a reason behind it to, to be like, no, we're we're back the manager. We, we you know we want to stick with him, and and we're going to see this through. Um, and now, obviously, there's not going to be there's no point. Similar to the the investment thing, right? With the, with the money, there's no point doing anything now until the end of the season. Um, you know, in those regards unless you literally think you're going to get relegated and you panic and you you want to do something. So um, yeah, like, you know, he'll be in charge and it just, you know, again, it's another chance to see um, what we can do. And it's a weird one, actually. I think some of the stuff, um, you know, it's hard to work out who's to blame, I think for some of it, um, because there are a lot of good players that got signed who we were all ecstatic with, right. Um, who had good track records and good clubs last season and, just haven't been that good and it's like is that because of the system which is the manager's fault is that because of the tactics is that because of you know whatever really is that I don't know the training it's hard to put your finger on it but um, you know or is it you know other reasons where you know these players have for whatever reason not not managed to do a job because um, you know not many people think you'd go out there and sign you know champion and McNerney and you know, some of these, even, you know, re-signed Craig Ross, brilliant goalkeeper, player of the season two years in a row, and again, just, just didn't manage to live up to it. So some of those things you think, well, you know, we've been let down a little bit there. Who thought is that? Well, it doesn't really matter who thought it is. It's what you do about it. And before Christmas, I didn't think we were doing anything about it. I think we just accepted that that was it, right? We signed these players. They're not very good. It's not that's fault. The club want to carry on with it, fine, but nothing really seems to be doing, being done. Whereas I think post-Christmas, it feels like we've kind of started to move things around a little bit and gone, okay, well, you know, we've we've got options and, and we're going to try and change things. So um, I guess in answer to your question, yeah, I mean, obviously nothing's going to happen in the short term, but it'd be good to see him, I think, get a little bit of money, see that if the club are going to keep him, then back him, let him get a few players in, refresh the team and go again in the second half of the season. Great. And, and then we'll see what happens. Um as we said earlier there's two real options really i guess there's us finishing mid table or there's us finishing 19th and just about staying up and i think then what happens next is probably very much based on on those two things but you know fair play to the club i think if they're going to if they're going to stand by him then then that works but i'm glad that they've actually kind of put their hand in their pocket and um allowed him to 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 move some stuff around because um you know It doesn't. Things don't always work in football, but as I say, that the problem is, is that if it's not working and you just leave it, then nothing's going to change. And I think that's kind of where we got to. But over Christmas, as we say, things have changed, Um, and I think that's you know we're we're in a better place because of that now. So um, it's good to see that. And uh, and then we'll see. I think you know we'll have that discussion again. I'm sure as we talk and go to the end of the season. But if we do, you know, go on another good run or you know get some more big results and start to you know maybe the football's better or. You know, whatever I think, people, you know, will start to get on board with it a little bit more. But again, if if we do struggle and we are kind of looking over our shoulders, then um, it does feel like a problem that's going to come along again in in the summer. But uh, but no, we we, you know we've chosen our our option as a club, and uh, you know we're we're going to go for it. So um, you know, I just be just be nice to see uh, some 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 progress in the second half of the season because I think a lot of people do want Douse to do well. He clearly clearly cares a lot about the club. You know, has done a lot here know you know, um, you know to, to you know we didn't want it to, to end with him being you know fired you know you always want to end it in, in success so you know let's just hope he can um, he can do that but uh, you know if not I guess you know decisions w- will be made in the summer but uh, you know I think everyone would really prefer him to well most people I think would' rather see him succeed um, you know and then get another chance to, to add to the squad in the summer and, and go again.
0: I think it's a good point around the, the proactiveness. I think that's made a difference to my opinion on it. Um, it did feel like we went through a, a fairly sizable run where it was just the same thing week in, week out, and the same mistakes costing us, the same personnel costing us without wishing to, to point any fingers. Um, and, you know, bringing in Long King, getting Annesley till the end of the season, bringing in Kabamba you know, dropping dropping champion, dropping Casey, um, getting Johnson in the team. All right, P- possibly not in his strongest position. We'll come on to that in a minute. Um, but, you know, it, it feels like he's he's actually watching and learning and adapting accordingly, which is, I guess, ultimately want, what you want to see from, from your manager. And, you know, it's not going to be perfect every week. Of course, it's not. But it, it feels like we, like I say, we are being proactive um, which is which is what you want to see um, and just looking at the fixture list I think you know there's a there's an opportunity for him to lift a, a real kind of weight off of, off of his back with a, a positive run of results over the next month or so um, you know you've got Yeovil at home this weekend so uh, I think a team that we're really on a, on a par with can despite the, the the last couple of results against them. You've then got Altrenum away who are in a bad run. You've got Southend at home who are, you know, okay, a little bit resurgent, um, but still sort of below us in the table and still very much um, trying to pull themselves back together. And then Kingsland, the rearranged game against Kingsland away from home. So I think that's four very winnable games. And, you know, if you can get nine, ten points from that, then I think that a lot of the pressure is then lifted off of Douse before he goes into the you know, free-hit games against the likes of Stockport and Notts County, who are obviously challenging up at the top end of the table. Um, you know, I've been reading the forum, as, as I often do over the last few days, and I think one poster made a, an interesting observation, I guess, in that every season that that Douse has, has been our manager, and, and you can apply Numerous caveats and reasons to why this is the case that our form in the second half of the season has always deteriorated compared to the first half of the season. Um, and I think for you know, a variety of reasons it's never really mattered up until now you know the first season um, it, it ended in promotion so people forget forgot about what had, what had gone just before um, the second season obviously ended in, in the COVID postponement and the third season you know we were noticeably um, playing playing out the games um, and waiting for waiting for the new season so um, but it, it will be interesting to see the approach this year when when you know, the playoffs will be beyond us, you, you have to expect. Um, but I think there will be a lot riding on it for him personally, if not for the club in general, um, to prove that he is the right person to be leading us next season. Because I think while the club's stance is admirable and the fact that they, you know, deserve deserve immense credit for for backing him as strongly as they did, you know, there aren't many owners and boards like that in football anymore um you know that they i don't think they will be afraid to act i don't think you know john caps and the like will be afraid to act in the summer if we only manage to accumulate 40 45 points we finished with a big run of defeats everyone's feeling pretty negative and they'll go thanks very much year one achieved we've stayed in the league comfortably. But you're not the right person to take us forward. And, and, and I'm I'm quite happy to give him that that sort of prolonged opportunity, I think, to the to the end of the season, having reflected over on it over the over the Christmas period, having seen the the improvements that we've we've talked about, hopefully he, he can continue that into the, the kind of the final months of the season. And as you say, um, I think everyone associated with Woking just wants to see the clubs be successful um, and for all the work that he's done. Off the pitch and guiding us through a difficult uh, period, um, you know we'd, we'd be more than happy for for that to be under Dows's management.
1: Yeah, for, for sure. And there's sometimes that there's no there's no real benefit in chopping and changing just you know for the for the sake of it. I think a lot of the teams kind of around us or below us in the table have done that this season. Um, I mean, for some it will work, for some it won't. Um, you know, it's not always it's not as the fix people think it will be. Especially, I guess, mid-season. So, um, yeah, I think as we said, if you can get enough points to guarantee that you're not going to get rele- relegated, then. What's you know? You might as well give him the, the whole season to show what he can do, as you say, and and then judge it from there. I think that's a, a wise way to go about it, rather than kind of going kind of gung ho on it. And we've seen that before. Change manager doesn't always doesn't always work during the season or off season, you know. So um, there is always an air of caution there because um, you know it, it doesn't always fix things. So um, yeah, I think I think that's what will be. And if we, you know, yeah, I think the only thing I'd say is that if we do go on a run again where we go bad, I, I don't want. You know, everyone's kind of, <laughs> uh, 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 you know, the, involved in the management or around the club just to kind of be, you know, um, passive on it. I think you know doing something is is always the best thing. And if we if we want to keep people coming in and get, you know keep that momentum moving, you know, you can't you can't you well, you can't go through a, a run of um, as you said like thirteen games with three wins and ten defeats. Like you you can't just keep chugging on. In that time, also getting knocked out the the FA Cup to a team many leagues below, and and booted out the trophy as well. So, yeah, like if, if if the same thing happens again, I don't think it can be allowed to go that long where everyone just kind of just doesn't do anything and just kind of says, "Well, we'll just do the same thing next week and hope for better." And it just it quite clearly was never going to change as long as we kept that. So, we'll see. Maybe a lesson learned for everybody involved. I, I certainly hope so for sure um, just
0: as before we before we wrap up I know you, you put a tweet out earlier today um, asking for kind of any hot takes questions thoughts um, ahead of the podcast um, as you'd expect um, obviously quite a lot of, of questions and comments around Campbell moving on and I think we've we've more than covered that during the, the first half of the episode but the other one that, that came up, you know, more than once in here were, were comments and questions about Josh Casey and what the future holds for him. Um, I know we, we were speaking kind of before the, the podcast started around kind of what we think um, or, or how challenging we think that this year might have proved to, to have been for him. Obviously, trying to hold down a, a full time job in addition to, to now training and playing for Woking full time. Um, you know, we, we, you mentioned I think the the interview that he recently did with the club, where he, he was kind of notably um, downbeat and and sort of n- negative on himself, I guess, but sort of reflecting on, on on how the season's gone so far. Um, currently out of action with COVID as well, which you you, you wouldn't wish on on anyone. Um, I, I'm just curious, really, what you you make of the the Casey situation because I think personally, I I just find it quite sad, really, because. He was one of, if not our our best player in the, the promotion season. He was an integral part of the team in that sort of brilliant run after we first got promoted. And I think it, it's at risk now of it, of it ending on a very sour note. Um, and, you know, he's, he's the club captain. He's played over 100 games for the club, which doesn't happen too often um, at this level. And I think you, you, you have to hope it kind of in a similar vein to the conversation we had about Dow six weeks ago that that when it does come to an end whenever that might be um that both sides can can look back and reflect with happy memories rather than than dwelling on the kind of the, the big negative that it that it finished on but but yeah curious to get your your thoughts on him
1: yeah i think the problem with Josh was always going to be that he had this full time job that he obviously wasn't going to walk away from and um you know it kind of seemed like it was going to be where you either choose the football or you you choose that and you know for for financial reasons like i i don't think being a national league footballer as a standalone job pays you as much as as his his, his other job would have done so it was it was a difficult one but he wanted to give it a shot and um you know i think you've always got to commend that and um you know as difficult as as, as that had been but you know that was obviously really Difficult. I mean, being a footballer is a little bit different. I mean, it's not like having two actual full-time jobs that you know. It is slightly different, but at the same time, you've got to put you know a huge amount of hours into into both of those roles. And I think maybe that's caught up with him, you know, a little bit. And um, yeah, it's 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 been a shame. And it, it, as you say, it, it's always nice for for things to go out on a high rather than you know someone's kind of struggling and, and then maybe they just leave the club or. or you know, or whatever happens. So, you know, hopefully we, we, you know, we do see him a bit more and, um, you know, maybe come into a bit of form and, you know, it might be in the summer. He says, well, you know what? I gave it a go. I gave my best shot actually for doing two full-time jobs is actually mad difficult and <laughs> I don't want to do it anymore. So, you know, I'm going to focus on one or the other, then, you know, then, then fair play. Don't think you could blame. But yeah, uh, you know, again, I don't want, I wouldn't want, Um, you know, pe- it, it, it to turn sour, as you say, with, with people kind of digging him out every week and, you know, him kind of leaving with a, you know, a, 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 you know, bad memories from it all really and all around. So, um, yeah, it's a shame. And, and, and there's a lot of players, I think, that, you know, that the, the <laughs> kind of... Um, I guess, idiot, idiot, idiot's guide to football. All of these things we just assume is that if you go full time and you're going to train more, the players are going to be better. Right. Um, and in some cases that's true in, in you yeah, Max, wow. What a season he's having. Um, you know, brilliant, well, probably, well, especially you now Campbell's left, he probably, probably almost definitely a win player of the season for me, although there's still half the season to go for someone to come in and, and challenge him for that, but he has definitely stepped up, I think, with with that full-time tag, but, you know, some of the other players and, and you know, notably the ones that were probably our best players when we were were part-time um, haven't, and for whatever reason, and, um, you know, that might just be the way it goes sometimes, it you know, um, it, is, it is what it is in a sense, isn't it, but it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's been a shame. And, um, again, you don't want it. the same with, with doubts, really. It does kind of, you know, watching these interviews where players are kind of annoyed or upset or angry or whatever, it just, you know, you kind of think, well, it's, you know, you can clearly see they're not enjoying it. And if he's not enjoying it and, and things aren't working out for him, then... Um, you know that that's not great so so hopefully you yeah, know he, he can obviously recover from covid and you know get some games as well it will be it be good to see him out there as well but i don't i don't think anymore he's going to kind of be the the first name on the team sheet like maybe he used to be but you know that that's just the situation you know n- nobody is undroppable i don't think and and if you want to progress as a club which you know i think everyone does um, and we have these ambitions then you know sometimes if you're out of form then you know, you, you get drops, maybe you go on loan, you know, whatever. Um, it happens, happens to the best players. Um, you know, even you look at someone Craig Ross, as we say, two player of the season awards. He won everything <laughs> awards wise, I think, kind of the last few years. And, you know, he's getting dropped for, you know, Smith, who, yeah, he's 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 a he's an all right goalkeeper. But um, you know, on on paper, you know, that was Ross's spot and you'd never have seen that happening, and but you know that the form's not been there, and and if that's costing you games, then you know unfortunately you can't play them. And actually, actually, the one side effect though of Casey not playing recently or, or whatever for form or for COVID is, is Max has is come in and now taken the captain's armband as well. Um, which is brilliant. I think that's brilliant. It's really good to see him doing that. I've, he, he He's always struck me, Max, as a player as well, that he's had a bit of a chip on his shoulder at Woking. I think he's had to prove himself so many times. Uh, he's kind of come, gone, come, gone, whatever. And um, people have always thought, maybe we haven't got the best out of him. But this season, we certainly have it. You know, it looks like he's really enjoying it and he's leading from the front, um, you know, again, especially in those derby games as well. Um, and, and wearing the armband, I think that's brilliant. And if, um, you know, if Josh did move on, for any reason, I think you know Max would be right up there to, to to take that role on, and it's good to see, you know, a player that's been around the club for a few years, um, you know, doing really well in great form, and uh, yeah, wearing the armband as well. He he really deserves it. So if there's any positives to come out of kind of where we're at at the moment, I think that's uh, that's certainly one of them.
0: Mm, yeah, I definitely echo that. I'm just looking at the the statistic. Actually, it's it, nine goals and six assists in 18 starts this season for Max. And you, granted, five of those are penalties, but still got to stick them away. And he's he's pretty pretty reliable when it comes um, comes to penalties. Um, I know we, we got asked a couple of of questions on uh, around kind of where do you you think Casey will slot back into the team and things like that. And I think I think honestly the answer is that he won't. Um, I think, you know, we've signed Annersley to the end of the season. I think he'll expect to start most games. I know he's suspended for the next one, but I think he'll be be first choice in that kind of left centre-back role. Um, I think Johnson has made sure that he's one of the first names on the team sheet now. I think, um, you know, he's possibly not quite as effective as he would be if he was playing as, a, as an out-and-out left winger with, with someone behind him. But I think the... Um, the formation that we're playing, and he's 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 essentially a kind of left midfielder, isn't he? Alongside the uh, sort of Ince and Solomon, um, pushing pushing right up high, um, and I think he's made that role his own. Um, and I don't think Casey gets gets anywhere near our midfield, so I, I think he's he's he'll be sort of having to make do with a, a spot on the bench, and and you know you, you trust that he can cover a few different positions if you need him to. Um, you know, you've got an experienced head that you can potentially bring on in the final few minutes if you're defending a lead or something like that. We know how that's gone for us in the last few weeks. But um, yeah, and again, just to, to bring it back around to Max, I think, you know, one of the things that stood out to me most at the Wildstone game was was the leadership qualities he demonstrated, you know, even right down to to leading the team warm-up drills and things like that. It looked like a role that he really was made for. And, and you know, I think there were a, Sort of a few question marks over when 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 Casey first dropped out, who would take the captain's armband? But you know, honestly, in a very short space of time, I, I really can't imagine anyone else wearing it for it. So I, I definitely agree that's been a, a big success of of what's come out of the, the kind of the recent the recent run and, and Casey's enforced absence. Um, but just finally then, but before we finish um, talking about players that that have won player of the season based on a, a short run or a, a half season of good form um you spoke to alan inns um i think a, a week or so ago and we'll, we'll be releasing um a, a bonus podcast hopefully next week um with jacob's interview with with alan um but just just as a as a bit of a preview um what what did you manage to speak to speak to him about and what were the, some of the highlights that you can you can tease people with
1: yeah, so obviously moving into 2022, kind of 10 years since the the title winning side, which, um, you know, for a lot of fans uh, my age in my generation, it was the first time we'd seen Woking really win anything uh, for, for a long time. So, certainly win a league, so... Um, you know, obviously brilliant memories and 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 we just wanted to recap some of that from, from a player's perspective, you know, a player who came in and, and played a real vital role. He wasn't at the club a very long time, uh kind of came in the, the season before, I think, won the season with us and uh, won the league with us and and then moved on, which 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 was really interesting. Um, I think to you know, it's not a player who was around for 10 years or something and and you know, whatever, he kind of came in and was this cult hero and, and left again. But it was it was interesting to hear some stuff from his side. You know, from Graham Baker to to Gary Hill to... Jez Sol, you know, some of those some of those players and, and people that pay, played a role in that. So good to speak to him about that. And we even actually managed to ask a question on when Spencer Day, farm F.C. and Paddy Power tried to change his name to Alan Hansen uh, by depot. And I will let you tune in to listen to what his thoughts were on that. Um, people probably remember at the time he wasn't too happy with it. So, um, yeah, that was also a fun one as well. That I wanted to chuck in there just because it was one of the craziest things I've ever heard of but um yeah so uh give, give it a listen once it's uh once it's released
0: well there's a there's a plug if ever i've heard one um so if you want to ask jacob about anything we've spoken about today or get the inside scoop um on the Inns interview jacob where can people find you on twitter uh
1: jay green with 91 or at 1887 cardinals
0: uh, and you can find me at Glenn H 1292 and if you've enjoyed listening to the podcast you can also leave us a tip on tip jar uh, the link will be in the description of the podcast um, but until next time thank you very much for listening and we will see you soon